is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to our friend Ryan Miller coming up here momentarily. Covers the Jazz for KSL.com. We'll talk to him about Summer League and uh, his thoughts on the Jazz offseason going into this upcoming season, which is right around the corner, by the way. October 4th is preseason game number one. Really? Okay. So what, month and a half? Not Ish? that far. No, right around the corner, which just seems wild. I mean, uh, we... I'm thinking back to shows we did at the beginning of the pandemic, Gordon, and we said, you know what? Like, the way that this is delaying the sports schedule, we're going to be wall-to-wall basketball for, like, two, three years. <laughs> and it's it's really true. I mean, it, it feels like the NBA Finals just ended. Because it did just end. Do you think that uh, – let's take the Jazz uh, in particular. Do you think those players, at what point are they completely rested? Oh, I don't know. And if how much is too much? How much is too little? I don't know if there's a good answer there, um, honestly, but I, I I don't know if you can this offseason. When the get Jazz too, when too they, much rest? Or get enough. Because when the Jazz play their last game, was it at the end of June? Yeah, like June in the 20s there somewhere. Okay. So you're talking about July, August, or you only get two full months and then camp starts in September? Yeah, I mean. Two months, Gordon? Uh, a little more than two months. I think guys are guys are probably ready to go. They're young. They're young. That's <laughs> what you're going with. They're young. All right, let's uh, let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at SmartRain.net. He covers the Jazz for KSL.com. He's our friend Ryan Miller. Ryan, what's going on, man? Hey, how you doing, guys? How's your summer been? Uh, so far, so good. We were just talking about how short it is because uh, the Jazz are going to start camp next month. Yeah, that's usually how it works, especially this year. Like, I'm actually looking forward to next summer. Like, I actually just got married. Um, hey, in May. congrats! Hey, win for me. Um, and like, I keep telling my wife, I'm like, it's usually not this ridiculously bad of like a schedule of just never having any time off ever. <laughs> I'm like, just wait till next summer, and then you know. There might be a couple months break, but yeah, this month, this year, we, we might get a few weeks coming up here soon. But then, yeah, we're right back in the swing of things. So, Austin, Jake, you got any uh, marital advice for Ryan? Hold on for dear life. <laughs> Austin? Uh, life insurance and a lot of it. <laughs> Wait, you don't want to be more valuable dead than alive. Well, yeah. I probably already am, but you know. <laughs> no, no, communication's the key. What do we know, Gordon? Why are you asking us to give him? Oh, You've been married yeah. for 65 years. I know, but years. younger people are the ones who know it all. 
I certainly don't on that topic. Uh, okay. that, uh, that's for sure. <laughs> Always know where the bread is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, come on. Uh, Not gonna... Matt, I'm, gl- I'm glad no one's coming to you guys for marriage advice <laughs> Me every too. day. That's what I... <laughs> Me too. Because I've got no business giving it. Uh, th- th- we can get into Summer League here in a second, Ryan, but give us your thoughts overall on Jazz offseason. You know, I, I think there's two like ways of thought on this, and it's kind of what you thought was the big weakness against the Clippers was. You have the people that just wanted versatility, and I think you got that. You got Rudy Gay coming in, um, Eric Pascal. These two guys should be able to serve as a little bit of more of a small ball lineup that can counter some of the lineups you saw against the Clippers. But then you have the other train of thought where it's like the real reason they lost was because Rudy Gobert couldn't be in two places at once. Um, they're perimeter defense was that bad uh i don't know if they really got much better on that went uh, on that area i guess um i don't think rudy gay is a guy that can step in and just suddenly be a perimeter stopper anymore uh so he, he's a good piece i think he'll be helpful i don't know if he saw, like they solved all their issues unless jared butler comes in and just is awesome but other yeah but i think they did get more versatile and yeah, so all in all, it was a great, good off season. I don't think it was like a slam dunk home run that some people are making it out to be. Hmm. So, are there? Let me ask. Uh, we're going out of order here a little bit, but uh, I'm curious to know whether you think any of these young fellows who are either involved in the summer league or not uh, can help the Jazz in that regard at all. Well, you know, I never thought, like, going into Summer League, if you would have told, told me, like, Trent Forrest would have had any type of impact on this team, I would have been like, meh, meh, I wasn't a big believer. What he's done over the last few weeks is pretty impressive, what, what he's shown. That said, like, it's almost been, and this has no fault to him or Adoka or any of their other teammates, they just haven't really played high-level guys. Like, you look at the Salt Lake Summer League, they, Memphis is, they have two friends, they have two pretty good NBA guys on their team in Salt Lake. Neither of them play against the Jazz's A team or whatever they wanted to call them. Same thing happens with San Antonio. So they, they kind of like are, they're play, and then you go to Vegas and it's not like they're playing the top picks here. And so they, they've kind of had a bunch of G Leaguers, I think, against that they're going against. And they've looked really good, and that's what you're supposed to look like if you're an NBA guy. So I think that's a good thing. I, Adoka is huge. He has a lot of physical attributes that I think can make him a good NBA player. A great one? Maybe not, but I think he can be serviceable. Um, I don't think that'll happen this year. I, I see no reason why he'll play over Hassan Whiteside, at least in, unless he really just shows something. But again, like, I just don't know if we've seen a, too, any of them against legitimate NBA competition to really know what they are yet. Where uh, where's Elijah Hughes at in the process? I mean, you know, when they drafted him, you looked at the, the uh, as a shooter, you thought, man, there's an NBA skill. But sometimes you need a little more than that. Where's he at? Well, yeah, I think he, I think that you nailed it. I think he can score. I really do think he can score at this league. Um, can he defend? I don't know. That he keeps saying that's the most important thing, and that's obviously the most important thing. I think his handle needs to kind of tighten up a little bit too, especially with the way he wants to play. Now he can play. Can he be a catch and shoot three point shooter? Probably, um, but I, I don't think he wants. I almost see him more of like a, a Rodney Hood esque type of guy. He wants to kind of create a little bit. He's never going to be your number one guy, but bring him off the bench, and he can he can score a little bit for you. Um, I, he's not anywhere near that yet. He's also a little older, so will he ever get there? Eh, I don't know. It's where you have summer league, you have G League. These rookies, 
they, they are kind of a year behind when it comes to all of this. They didn't get this development from last year's summer league, from the G League. We're, we're talking what we had a couple weeks in Orlando with the G League season. That was it. Like these guys just they kind of sat on their hands for a year and didn't really get to do anything. Like Adoka, I, he literally said he's like, I haven't played five-on-five competitive basketball in two years. Like, yeah, we all know we got in at the end of games sometimes last year, but it's like you you can see in their mindset that wasn't a development time. They need this summer league. They need G League. They just need minutes reps to actually play competitive games and competitive minutes to kind of develop. And so you almost look at it like this is a second rookie season, um, kind of like this is their first true year in the NBA and and then you can kind of evaluate them after that. And with the Jazz being where they are, no, I don't think they're going to look at Elijah Hughes. Like, they'll probably look at Trent Forrest maybe in a pinch occasionally. And he obviously he's just a two-way guy, but he probably has more of a line to playing time than than Elijah does. And then, like, Adoka, you have, you have these guys that are probably just going to go into the G League, develop for a year, and then next summer see what you have in them and kind of make the decisions then. Maybe you already answered this in that answer, but you mentioned Jared Butler. Uh, I'm sure you've studied a lot of film of him, Ryan, since the Jazz drafted him. Uh, any any uh, thoughts on what you see? Yeah, you know, like I'm not going to pretend to be a basketball analyst, um, but I've talked to a lot of people both inside the Jazz organization and Pat Butler around his family. Honestly, everyone says this kid can play right now. Like, and we haven't seen him, obviously, with the whole contract, whatever, the medical clearance. But everyone at Baylor especially, I was talking to his coach of, uh, last week, Scott Drew, and he, he's like, no, that this is the, a match made in heaven because the Jazz want to win now. And Jared is one of the few people in the draft that I can say can go and contribute any way to a, tal- to a competitive team. If you want to sit him in a corner and shoot, he's a 50% catch-and-shoot three-pointer. You want him to run a little bit offense, he can do that. And then he has a – I think he shot like over 40% from 25-plus three-pointers. So it's like he can spread the floor. And so, like, if anyone – like, they are just like – so excited about this fit because he they think he can just jump right in and suddenly help a team reach a goal now that obviously might be them just wanting that to be true but no like you don't hear a lot of coaches say like oh i want this kid to just marry my wife or marry my (laughs) marry my daughter and all this they like everything is just all sunshine and flowers when it comes to jared butler and so until you see any otherwise, you might as well believe it because it's more fun to believe that. And obviously his talent showed that – like his talent was a mid-first-round guy. Like I, we don't know the medicals. We, we've all heard the stories. We, no one knows the true details of it. But the fact is, like he never missed a practice at Baylor. He never missed a game at Baylor. Like there's really no reason to believe that that's going to be an issue until it is an issue. And so – Right now, I say, yeah, he'll probably be a, he'll probably be a fringe rotation guy, and if he pops, he, he could be in their top eight rotation, ready to go in the playoffs. Did anybody else in the West really make themselves better this off season? Oh, I think the Lakers did a lot. I don't like like they signed a ton of people. Um, the Clippers obviously are punting. They like with Kawhi's thing. They're they're punting. Um, yeah, I, I would think you would have to look at the Lakers more than the, the, that's yet yeah, your first step, just because of the amount of moves they made. Um, 
like when anyone else switches their team up that much, you're always like, will that even help? But with, you know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis on board, it's like you would think that they're going to be good. I, I don't know how good the West, Russell Westbrook trade makes them, uh, but I, I, I think Westbrook is better than some people would like to believe around these parts, especially with the Jazz and Thunder and whatever, the Rockets history there. So, um, But, yeah, I think the Lakers made themselves better. Um, everyone else is probably just as Kind of around the same. What do you think of the Mike Conley signing? I mean, everyone thinks that they, they just had to get him back. But what do you think of the dollar figures and the three-year deal? You know, you, you mentioned it. Like, there was no other option about than to get this guy back. They had no other money, no other avenue to replace him. So it was quite obvious that that was – priority number one for him no matter what you thought of the money and the tax but i think mostly you look at the dollar amount it's you look at what kyle lowry got you look at what chris paul got and you're like okay that's really not horrid like it's probably more market value if not below market value than anything else um they're both aging point guards older than mike conley even like significantly older than mike conley and so uh, I don't think they overpaid per se, and I think you look at what they, what else it means is that Ryan Smith is a man of his word and is willing to pay a lot of money to fill the competitive championship look caliber team, and that that more than anything should be exciting for the Jazz for Jazz fans because it's like and even Justin Zanuck said it it's like this isn't a one year hit this is what Ryan what we're expecting Ryan Smith to do this is kind of his commitment to this team here and going forward and so like. We heard when he when he came, he always made the comments of, "Oh, I want to turn Utah into this major market." And I think, kind of, it starts with if he's willing to spend the money, and he has shown that he's willing to spend the money. And so, yeah, it should, it should be a good time for a Jazz fans. It's like, yeah, he might turn into New York, I guess, one time, building a bunch of bad contracts. But there's always a chance because if you're willing to spend, you you're willing to spend for good talent as well. And so, that that should just be a good. Good. I, I I would just be excited if I were a Jazz fan, just because it's like you you should always be in the picture at least to get people and to to keep people and to be in these conversations. Were you expecting another move, perhaps a, a trade? You know, Joe Ingles' name was floated out there a bunch, but uh, did you think one more was coming? Yeah, I, I did probably at the beginning because I honestly like until you see an owner actually spend the money, you're a little hesitant to believe that they're willing to because it's like. These are huge salary or huge, just absolutely huge tax cuts. And so it's like, are you actually wanting to go into the, the luxury tax by $50 million, by $60 million? Um, you like, that's a little different than paying 5 to 10 which what they did last year. And so I, I thought they were going to probably look to shed a little bit more salary to get Mike Conley back. Um, but that was just because I didn't actually buy <laughs> that Ryan Smith was willing to write that big of a check. Apparently he is. And obviously the end of the season hasn't come as the Jazz start off 10 and 10, 10 and 15 or whatever, and it's not what they're looking for. They can still have those options. So it probably looks, it's probably the smarter move just to see what you have and then kind of say, okay, what can we do to maybe save some money at the trade deadline or if they're all on number one seed in the West still like, all right, let's go for it. And so, yeah, probably initially I did think they were going to make another move, but kind of in hindsight, it probably didn't make sense until the trade deadline. So Ryan, you essentially said that the jazz held on to the the ground that they've won. Uh, I'm curious to know if we put your feet to the fire and say, will the jazz be better this next season than they were this last season? Uh, 
and obviously a good fortune in regard to injuries <laughs> and other things come into play. But from a pure st- talent standpoint, do the Jazz have a chance to be better this next time around? Um, I don't know if they'll be the number one seed again. Uh, I don't know if they'll have the best record. I do think they're probably better set up to compete in the playoffs, though. So, say they're the number three seed in the West, I don't think there is a matchup you can look at and be like, that's a bad matchup. And I think that's probably what what's more important in the, for this offseason was not to just get more talent, but get more talent that you kind of made yourself matchup proof. Because as good as Rudy Gobert is, you probably needed a little bit more help, a little more versatility to help with those small ball lineups. And so now now they have that. And so they have a little bit more counters to play with because I know Quinn, Quinn got, like, roasted, especially on social media, like, not adjusting, not adjusting last year. And it was like, I don't, I just never saw a move that he could make. Like, if Jarrell, like throwing Jarrell Brantley into the game was your, your ace in a playoff game, I, I just didn't see, like, that made no sense to me. And so they now have more options to go to. Um, and so, yeah, I think in the end, they'll probably be a better playoff team. I, I don't know if they'll be the number one seed in the West, just because, like, one, I think it's one of those things, like, once you get that, it's like, is that that important anymore? Are they going to rest more? So all those things, yeah. I think they're a better playoff team than last year, but maybe not a better regular season team. Ryan, thank you so much for jumping on the show. As always, we appreciate you. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. You too, you too Ryan. Ryan Miller, he covers the Jazz for KSL. Dot com. Not that far off. To, it's got to wind back up. Yeah, it's right around the corner. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. So um, it'll be interesting to see if things break the Jazz way toward the end of the season. You know, I, I find what he says there interesting. Are they more equipped to be successful in the postseason? Because, of course, that's was probably the goal this offseason. But that's an interesting concept, isn't it? Because a lot of people said last year the Jazz are built for the regular season. Not for the playoffs. See, I don't, I don't really buy into that. Do you? <laughs> uh, I think what really came into play was the fact that the Jazz got injured at the wrong time. Yeah. And I know some people think that's excuse-making, but it's the truth. It's the truth. When you have players like Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell who, who are not 100% in the playoffs, that's an issue. And, Jake, uh, this is coming from somebody who hates that whole – you know, the whole idea of resting players uh, during the regular season. But <laughs> if really the goal is to win a championship, the hell with the regular season. Well, yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Are they are they more equipped to battle switchy defenses? I think they are slightly better in that regard. That's That remains a question. The, the Jazz at times were really good last year against switchy defenses when Mike Conley played because mm-hmm. they could put multiple ball handlers on the floor, and he is really good about beating his guy, still the crafty veteran Mike Conley. But we saw when he didn't play, and the Jazz had only a few ball handlers, really, what, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, and Jordan Clarkson, and it, it didn't work. Nope. Right? So, you know, and then you, you get to questioning, well, can Rudy be a functional part of the offense when they're playing the switchy defense and they're not able to break it down? And all these questions remain legitimate. So that's that's the question I wonder. Are they more equipped to, to go up against, say, the Clippers? And you could probably argue yes. I think they're better equipped to play small ball. They are. Well, Rudy Gay gives them that. Um 
But they don't. They didn't really add. I mean, we'll see how Butler works out. They didn't really add another ball handler. I, I might. That might be an issue again. I agree with what Ryan said. I. I mean, I just don't know. Is Jared Butler going to be able to help this team? Well, there's no it way you can me. count. There's no way you can count on him. I mean, if if he does, then great. But there's no way that you're going into the season saying this guy's going to play that role. You well, just can't. But when I look at this Jazz uh, summer league team, I'm not sure there's anybody there that's really going to step in and do something spectacular. We've seen some players uh, come out of nowhere, as it were, to be really, really valuable. But I we keep waiting. And uh, we haven't seen that happen yet. Some people say, well, they don't get an opportunity to play. I I don't know. I, I just haven't seen that kind of talent. But we'll see. Just purely watching Summer League, I'd bet on Trent Forrest before Jared Butler. Right now. I'm not talking about their career. I'm talking about currently and their ability to help the Jazz. And again, we haven't really seen Butler, so no, that's, it's not fair to make that evaluation. I'm more... I'm more saying I think Trent Force's summer league has been really, really good. He's looked good. Yeah. yeah, and so maybe that's a sign that he's improved a little bit. What, a rotational guy? I, see, I don't know. But I'm saying more likely, in my opinion, from where I'm sitting in this chair right now, he'd be more likely to contribute as a ball handler than Butler. Just because I bet on a rookie. Mm-hmm. How many rookies truly come in and make an impact? And out of those rookies, how many of them are taken in the second round? Yeah. But there were extenuating circumstances in this case, I think. The whole medical thing, the heart, the knee, you know, all that. Teams got scared. Well, what's the likelihood that he makes an immediate impact? Uh, Well, just the odds are against that. But I don't know. I don't know either. Well, what's the likelihood? (laughs) I don't know how you can you can uh, give a, a likely a number in that regard because we haven't even seen the kid play. Sure, you can. Not likely because very few rec- rookies do. Yeah. Okay. But there's always an exception. I'm not saying this is it, but it could be. Thus, the word likely, Gordon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You got me there. One in a thousand is still a chance, as they said so much in, in Dumb and Dumber. What you telling me? So uh, you're saying I got a chance. All right, let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical uh, Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. And listen, you've got a you've got a chance to improve your life out there, uh, better than a good one at that. If you're struggling with ED, listen up, because uh, uh, you can fix it. What's going on, Andrew? That's right. <laughs> you got better than a chance. Uh, Many, many studies that have been done on our technology for men with ED we're talking about here, uh, every single guy that they test gets an improvement in blood flow. So that those are really good odds. That's a great chance. If you are experiencing a lack of blood flow in the bedroom, uh, the ED is uh, more prevalent than you want it to be. You're taking more pills than you used to. This is common. It's exactly what Wasatch Medical Clinic treats. This technology, backed by 50 studies, uh, it's been used on other parts of the body. It basically repairs blood vessels and improves blood flow. And that is what erectile dysfunction is. It's a blood flow problem. We go after the root cause. We treat it without pills and helping a lot of couples get that intimacy back. Who's a good candidate, Andrew? I would say anybody that's experiencing uh, a frustration in the bedroom, the earlier the better, probably. If you're noticing the occasional failure, but you're not at 
those are usually the guys that experience uh, fast results, powerful results. So I think the earlier you can get ahead of this, the better the results will be. 801-901-8000, that's the number to call. Get in, see the doctor, and I know you do a lot for our listeners for free. We really believe in delivering a lot of value, and I think that when things go well in the bedroom, they go well outside of the bedroom, so it's almost connected to happiness. Uh, the doctor, uh, the visit, the exam, the assessment, it's all free. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound free, and the gift that produces pretty immediate results in the bedroom uh, that is worth the trip, guys. It's all totally no charge. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, guys. More straight ahead on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Joe Ingles joining us. You told us you wanted a medal. So I'm curious, in the middle of that game, knowing how bad you wanted it, was it just another basketball game or was it a different deal because you knew what was at stake every minute of the game? It was probably the most different feeling I've had in a basketball game, if that makes any kind of sense. All-time playing for a medal, whether that be the semifinal or a third, fourth game, we were 0-11. We built this thing for 12 years. Obviously, the goal was to win a gold medal. Once we lost the semifinal to the U.S., I think what we struggled with in the past is the mental part between losing that game and in 36 hours having to back it up to still play off for a medal and the guys that have been there those last few campaigns there was just no way we were going to lose catch dj and pk mornings from 6 till 10 on 97 5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's your Cougar at 30 update. The quarterback race down in Provo continues to grab headlines. Coach Kalani Satake talked about what each quarterback does well. I think there's always going to be drop-off, especially when you lose a, a NFL-caliber type of quarterback that that's in his, you know, has tons of experience under his belt. And so, But it's not like you're just dropping off two guys that have never been on the field. So we have guys that, that in Baylor and Jaron that have played in games and have started in games. And so that that's a little bit different than, than what you normally would see when, when there's no experience behind, uh, behind the QB. But And then Jacob's just a... He's, he's different in the way that he learns. He's an he's a accelerated, accelerated rate in, in the way that he learns and the way that he performs, and he's extremely confident. So I can't tell you if there was much separation, but I think after watching it on, on film, I will be able to tell a little bit more. This Cougar update brought to you by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision summer LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses. Save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. That is Davis Vision. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. 
It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Big thanks to Ryan Miller for jumping on with us in the last segment, giving us his thoughts on uh, the upcoming jazz season. Indeed. Jake, I have a thought for you. Okay. How much would you enjoy being able to be a fly on the wall, as it were, to hear what coaches really have to say about their players during this time of year coming up on the college football season. Okay, college football. Hmm. That would be hilarious. Okay, let, let me say this. Not nearly as interesting as it would be at the pro level. <laughs> I, I, I just think at either level. You would be getting the raw truth about what they think, and we we get this, we get this glossed over thing. Yeah, that, we get the PR. Yeah, but but in college, it seems to me like it's, well, maybe college would be as interesting, but it seems like college is kind of more of a meritocracy. Whereas, in the in the NBA, for example, like paycheck matters. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, like, so you, what, what, you, what do you, you know, mean? Like like let's say that a coach has a a star player that's making a ton of money, but uh-huh. maybe that coach isn't all that high on him. all that high on the star player, right? Wouldn't you want to be the fly on the wall where it's like, what am I going to do with this albatross around this? Well, what do you do? Neck? What do you do, Jake? You don't. You don't. I, I guess you could draw some parallels there between a coach in college who recruited a certain player right, and right. Uh, feel some obligation there. That's why I say maybe but, it is similar on second thought. But, yeah. but in, the, in the pro game, there's too much at stake, man, to be playing a guy just because he's getting paid. Don't you think? Maybe if everything else is equal. Oh, see, but, I think that, but if the, a guy's a lesser player, forget about it. I wouldn't play him. What if the owner came down on you? Yeah, or the GM or all that stuff. You know, you can pretend it doesn't matter, but it matters. I mean, (laughs) okay, this is probably really unfair, so if if this is slanderous, then forgive me, but did you notice that Giannis's brother re-signed with the Bucks? (laughs) Oh, brotherly love. Can you catch that headline? (laughs) So so there are some shenanigans going on. Yeah, and, you know, it's... uh, I don't know. There's that scene in that horrible baseball movie that everybody loves, Moneyball, where uh, it, it, Billy Bean goes up it's to a terrible da- movie. goes up to David Justice and says, uh, "You know, I'm not paying you anything. The Yankees are paying you nine million dollars or whatever not to be on their team anymore." You know, there's those. There's the money matters. I mean, it, not to combine uh, two conversations, but we were talking about Urban Meyer with the, the Jaguars earlier in the uh, earlier in the show, and. Money matters. You can't when the when the players making more money than you, you can't just break them down into dust. They're no longer the the college player that's grateful to be there. They're all of a sudden a commodity with their own thing going on. So so let's say you're a coach, you're making six million a year, and you have a star player, say a quarterback, who's making twenty million. But he sucks, or he's not as good as your next guy. Are you going to keep him on the field? 
Well, yeah, because you need him to have value to trade him if you really want to move on from him. You can't just bench the $20 million guy. You can't do it. It's such a singular position upon which everything else hangs. And you can't, I mean, I don't know how a team can survive doing that. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl for the Eagles, and they kicked him to the curb because they paid Carson Wentz. (laughs) Well, yeah, but there was a lot of conjecture about. The long-term and the long-term talent there. Was there, or did they invest in a guy and not invest in another guy? <laughs> you, might have a, you might have a strong point there, actually. And but, you, think, you think if you're Nick Foles, what else do you have to do to win the Durden job? He only won the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. And then they immediately moved on. Well, they didn't immediately. That's not true. But they end up kicking him to the curb. I'm not quite sure what to think about that. Well, you, you, we tease you about living in the 100-acre wood and bless you for it because you think it's this open competition and may the best man win and all this this very pure stuff. But there's and so it just much isn't pressure, that, Jake. It isn't that way. There's so much pressure winning the NFL. How can you dilly-dally around with a guy who you know in your football mind is not going to lead your team as effectively as the guy who is making half as much? Well, for one, it's not entirely coach's decision now, is it? <laughs> So you think it's one of those deals where the owner strolls in and says, "Probably more I, often, I want that kid to play." More often than not, it's the general manager than the owner. But I guess but it who's depends. Who's the general on, manager getting pressure? From? Yeah, it depends on what. I mean, obviously, the owner and the GM are the same person in the Cowboys organization. <laughs> so I mean, it just it just isn't that simple. Agents, uh, you've. Uh, we've talked to Dennis Lindsay on the air and off the air about the pressure that agents bring. Mm-hmm. Where he's getting phone calls from agents and he has to put out those fires all the time. I just, I just want to hear the truth. And I know these guys can't really tell the truth at every turn. And, and maybe some people don't want to hear the truth because they're afraid of the damage it could do to the individual player, especially a young player. But I would love—I mean, th- this, these quarterback derbies around here at Utah and BYU— wouldn't you love to hear what they really think? Yeah. Or do you think they're saying what they really think? Oh, I, mean, I don't think I would, they're saying would, what they really think. I would think. love to hear. Uh, I, I'm not saying this is being said, but Kalani Sataki sitting back and going, you know, that Jacob Conover's got one hell of an arm. He's got the best arm on the team. And the other guys, Aaron Roderick is sitting there going, yeah, he does. Uh, should we play him? And then someone else says, nah, he's not ready. You never hear that publicly from the coaches. And maybe that's a good thing. But uh, I, I would like to hear the truth, uh, what's really going on. Not to go backwards in the conversation, but but I'm, I'm thinking of the examples of, of other things mattering. Can you imagine uh, David Griffin, who was at the time GM of the Cavs, when LeBron and Clutch came to him with some of their bright ideas about who to sign? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys need to max out Tristan Thompson. Can you, you, can you imagine David Griffin going, Tristan Thompson? He's like, is there another Tristan Thompson I, I'm gotta, unaware of? I've got to max out Tristan Thompson? <laughs> is that what I got to do? <laughs> or when they came to him about signing J.R. Smith to a long-term deal. we got to sign J.R. Smith? Mm. He's busy playing college Hey, golf. great idea. Great idea, LeBron. <laughs> Tristan Thompson seems like a max player, yeah. 
I, I just think it would. But they signed him, didn't they? That's would, my point. They be, signed would, him, didn't they? But it would they? be so entertaining to hear what these guys really say. Well, in this really case, think. David Griffin would go, Tristan Thompson sucks. <laughs> we got to sign Tristan Thompson. This guy sucks. That's why the best entertainment is inside the, the four walls. And, and, and we can't get to it. Yep. I no, mean, I, now that... You talk about the, the hard knocks and these other shows that supposedly give these glimpses. I want the raw truth. That's it, and I understand it could be hurtful to some people for that stuff to get out publicly, but I promise I'll keep it a secret. Yeah, right. I just want to. Watch. I don't. I don't know if the raw truth exists. I think. It's, you think they're lying even inside oh, the sanctum? I think it's a game. Yeah, absolutely. It's politics, like anything else. You don't think coaches are looking at each other going, oh, man, here's the real deal right here. No, uh, you, you hit on the, the coaches and who they recruit. That absolutely matters in college programs, 100%. Who so, recruited you? So if you recruited a guy, let's say you're the offensive coordinator and you played a role in getting a guy in who was fairly ballyhooed coming out of high school, and there's another guy in the camp – who is actually better or more prepared. It's not exactly even. Are you still going to trumpet, blow that trumpet for your recruit? Well, here's the thing. You're assuming that that uh, bias is not clouding the vision of that (laughs) offensive coach. And two, when you're recruiting, your success rate is directly tied to the success of the player. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not hitting on the guys you're recruiting – well, you're not going to be recruiting for long. As the saying goes, it is uh, it is hard to blow an uncertain oh, trumpet. But, but that's a great saying. But you too, see what I, I mean? mean? Like like they're rooting in their mind for this player to be good because their success is directly tied to that player. So whether they're right or not, their judgment is actually clouded. So whose judgment is it clouded? That's what I'm the saying. I, I don't think there's reality. The, the, of course so you, don't, you don't, so you think the inner the inside look at what's being said is uh there there's it's it's felonious inside as well as outside well, these guys are all lying to each other yeah I mean the buck's got to stop somewhere obviously and so somebody's <laughs> making the decisions or whatever and has to put their name on the line but yeah there's there's politics there's all that stuff and and it's it sounds so devious when we talk about it but it's really understandable if you think about it through the lens of a human being I guess they don't Do if we, you recruit somebody you don't want them to come in and fail yeah I get it that that matters to you because that also means you failed and then you think that okay you give him the proper opportunity then he will thrive and then and even I if they fail good. you say well if this would have happened and that would have <laughs> happened it would have been a star you know it's 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 very, it's very understanding if you think about it that way. Well, earlier we played that sound from Kalani uh, during the BYU update. Do we still have that, Austin? I, I hate to put you on the spot like that, but Kalani was talking about uh, the quarterbacks and who, what, what positions were settled and what wasn't. It made me wonder. That, that's what spurred that line of thinking. I, I, I wondered where's the truth in this, really? You know. Come on, who's the guy? But a value. We 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 heard Aaron Roderick last year say that Zach Wilson wasn't the. I mean, necessarily the guy. I don't know uh, if I believe that. Well, I know, but that's what he said. Yeah. But but see, here's the thing: evaluating is so subjective. 
I mean, we talked about pro football focus earlier today. They try to quantitate evaluations, but it still comes down to somebody's opinion. Mm. And and this is something I, I said to you weeks ago, Gordon. Why do you get to be right? You know, like there's there's dozens of subjective opinions on the team alone. But I mean, you, you talk about, okay, if my recruit plays, then I succeed, whatever. But what if your recruit isn't very good and somebody else is better? Your priority one is to freaking win games. Is it? Yeah. Well, should be. Is it? Because if you're sitting there getting beat, then all this other stuff doesn't matter. Because actually, priority number one is to make millions and advance your career. <laughs> and to cover your butt. Yes, that's a big part of it, too. I mean, you're kind of joking about that, but yeah, 100%. I just, in my conversations with NFL coaches uh, through the years, they, they always say there is so much pressure to win. It seems like that pressure creates an environment that uh, would straighten out the thinking of most coaches because they have to put the best players on the field. But, but if their thinking is clouded, like you said, then then everybody's screwed. How could the great Urban Meyer possibly pick Brett Elliott over Alex Smith? <laughs> well, I mean, he didn't recruit Brett. No, no, no. But I'm saying it's the opinion is subjective. I think that year, is I it mean, subjective. It's subjective. Subjective. But, but that year, Brett Elliott was the safe choice because Brett Elliott kind of had the lead going into fall camp, and he was good. But he was the he was the he was the easy way to go in that decision. So, so are you essentially saying that coaches are as clueless as fans? I, they can't be. Again, Coach Witt. And Utah, who has a pretty good record when it comes to running backs, they picked Ray Stowers and Daryl Poston over Darrell Mack. There are those cases where the starters fail and then someone gets hurt and then someone steps in and you go, oh, my gosh, which is really good. Brett Elliott and Alex Smith. Yeah. That's what happened. Brett Elliott got hurt. Alex Smith comes in and you go, jeez, this guy's all conference. See, I think it's more likely or it's more common that, that coaches do have a firm idea, whether they're right or wrong, about who's the best. And they firmly believe it. But they don't say it. Just because, because there's they, this whole tango leading into the season. Well, we really don't know who it's going to be. And I, if that's true, I like it because I like the open-mindedness. And I like the open opportunity for guys. But if you really know who your guy is, just come out and say it. That's but, what I would like to hear. But your guy doesn't necessarily mean the best guy. Well, I mean, with what's at stake as far as winning goes. I, I, I got you. But it's just because they believe it doesn't make them right. Well, that's, but that's, that should be an error in judgment, not any kind of bias. It's all judgment and bias. Come on. It should, that should be separated. That's impossible. Well, your job is to win. It's not. Yeah, it is. No, your job is to land recruits and have them hit, because if they don't, you're going to be out of a job regardless of the record of the team. But if you lose, you're, then you're gone anyway. Well, the head coach. Well, I, well, I mean, someone's got to make the, the buck stops here, baby. Yeah, but that head coach is going to can you long before he gets canned. Maybe so, but if, if Kalani Sabaki so? is sitting there looking at his three quarterbacks going, hey, I got eyes to see here. I can see that quarterback B is better than quarterback A. In his opinion. Well, I mean, he's the head coach. But that he's doesn't make him right. I, but that makes him all powerful. Doesn't make him right. And all I want to hear is what he thinks. I want to hear what he really thinks. But if, but you're you're just 
clouding the whole thing by telling me that what the head coach thinks might be completely wrong or might be somehow biased or twisted or not the truth. And that that's the worst answer of all. It's called reality, Gordon. <laughs> Again, the great Urban Meyer picked Brett Elliott. Yeah. Alex Smith was the number one pick in the Dern draft, but that and he picked but, Brett but Elliott. He, but he might have just been wrong, not biased. I can accept being wrong more than I can biased. You're wrong because you're biased. Where, where what about clear-headed judgment? What, what, what about does somebody? not exist. Oh wait, come on! It, it doesn't. Does. It really doesn't. That's too bad. That is too bad. Why? Because I don't want a guy making decisions based on some kind of bias or some kind of preconceived notion. I want to watch players on the field and pick out the best one. Is that too much to ask? My guess is you're surprised when the uh, the the company that gets the big government contract turns out to be the buddy <laughs> of the politician. <laughs> well, it should be unbiased. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but the winning and losing is pretty raw in the NFL and college football. That. That seems like that should be plain to everyone. And anybody who plays this game of, well, I favor this guy because for some reason other than winning, well, someone tells me you ain't going to last very long. Yet they last long all the time. <laughs> Yet Urban Meyer is coaching the Jaguars. <laughs> and again, well, he he's picked, made some pretty good decisions through the years. But too. Brett Elliott over Alex Smith, not one of those. Well, he was new to Utah. He hadn't the really... number one pick of the draft. <laughs> Alex I'm talking Smith, about Urban when Alex he came Smith in. Lost one game in those two years. <laughs> well, at he Utah. just hadn't figured one it all out yet. Game. <laughs> I have no idea about that. I don't know if Urban was biased or wrong. Not sports. Sport coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 the zone. The top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30, presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON on your home of the the best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now, your not sports report on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 Zone. Time for the Not Sports Port, brought to you by the LHM Used Cars Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going across the pond. But before we do, I want to pull the curtain aside so that people can know what's going on in our studio here. 
Uh, I have a non-sports report, but Jake thinks he has a non-sports report. So how about if we have dueling non-sports reports? I know what yours is, and I don't. I don't actually necessarily think mine's better. Although I do kind of. I kind of like the anecdote. Okay. So, well, so uh, I don't want to make a competition okay, out of it. All right. Because I actually really like yours today. Okay. Well, let's. You can tell you. I want to hear your story. Yours. Again. Uh, yours reminds me of something Austin would do. Yeah. Yeah. Let's ask. I want to consult the uh, Revenge King. In the producer's studio, what he thinks about what happened in this not sports report. Okay, so a woman is uh, vacationing and she's in like this trailer uh, that uh, I don't know whether it was like a VRBO or something where you can go in and stay at a place. It was like a trailer park. Yeah. Okay. So she's staying in this trailer and the trailer right next to the one she's staying in with her young children. A bunch of 20-somethings are out there partying all night long. She goes out there and says, hey, can you keep it down? Apparently, they were playing really loud rock music, Beatles music or something. And she was getting upset because it was so freaking loud. And she asked them, please, can you keep it down? And they did not. They refused. They kept partying and really loud. And so, Austin, the Revenge King... What she did the next morning was she went over and she took a bunch of bread and threw a bunch of bread on on top of the trailer where the party was. Like a couple of pieces or like a bunch of loaves? A, a bunch of loaves. Okay. Some, like a, a lot just, of bread. This was pure revenge Okay, we're talking about. And so she threw the bread all over the place and a giant flock of seagulls came in and, <laughs> and pecked away, ate the bread, Pooped all over the place as revenge. You, do you like it? Uh, in in theory, yeah. In principle, it's absolute because it's not. You're not really committing any crimes, <laughs> but you're getting them back really good nonetheless. My only concern is how close was her trailer? Because did she sabotage her own no, little area by bringing so. the birds? I okay. think I think she was clear of that because that's, that's pretty good. Well, the birds knew where the bread was. See this? I think this is brilliant. Because, Austin, you're totally right. You're not damaging these people's lives, right? You're not breaking any laws. But at the not same time— You're not burning the trailer down. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know they trying to clean up a bunch of bird poop. But you know they're hungover. You know, they're partying all night. You know their head hurts. And, you know, all they want to do is stay out of the sunlight and, and sleep. And you just hear, wake up to just squawking of oh, flocks yeah. of seagulls. Oh, yeah. That and the pecking on the roof. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It'd be brutal. Yeah, oh, yeah. Brutal. That, that was, that's a pretty savvy move. you got to admit. That is pretty clever. Yeah. Like have, you, have you ever done anything like that? I told you about the, the diaper uh, revenge oh, yeah. with my neighbor that mm-hmm. insisted on putting her dog's poop in my can. So I put my baby's poop on her driveway. I have a I have a story similar. It's pretty close, actually. I have a story similar to this. I mean, I'll tell this story, and we can get to the the other non sports thing later. Uh, it's not that important. But I was down at summer league, and we stayed at the the Hard Rock Hotel. Okay. And uh, the the walls at the Hard Rock, I discovered, <laughs> pretty thin. Not the thickest, right? <laughs> so I get down there. We have uh, I was doing the the midday show, you know. So I had to be on the the air at nine a.m. And so we, I get down there. I, I'm in no. I just want to go to bed, right? I drove, you know, get in, and about ten o'clock, Gordon, I hear the the room next to me just just cackling, just and then hair dryers, and there's obviously a group, and they just happen to be women. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't really have anything to do with the story, other than I could tell they were women, and I hear all this prep. 
for going out on the town because mm-hmm. we are in Vegas after all. Mm-hmm. And I just think to myself, oh, this is going to be so bad at like three or four in the morning. This is going to be just terrible. You're and low, compiling it. Lo and behold, three o'clock in the morning, just pandemonium. Door slamming. Oh, just music and uh, just noise. I, I was pound on the wall guy. Oh, you did? Absolutely. It was like obnoxious. And yes, I realized that I was in Las Vegas. Stop. But I was working. All right. <laughs> and so I, I was uh, pound on the wall guy and it didn't work. Uh, so the next morning I get up, got to be on the air, doing it from the hotel room. And let me tell you, you it was shouting. a loud show. <laughs> loud show. And I don't know if they were just one night and left, but let me tell you, they were gone after that. So uh, give us an example real quick. How loud were you? Welcome out of the big show. <laughs> Boy, Summer League basketball. Woo! <laughs> as loud as the it could possibly time, be. Huh? The whole, yeah, uh, just, uh, and now could... a drum solo. <laughs> <laughs> Even when it was commercial break, I was still pretending to be on the air. You just, one have, more time. You should have said, we're playing the hits here. And turn the radio. I'm super loud. Uh, so anyway. And now I'll practice my tuba on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, the trombone. <laughs> and they clear out. Yeah, they were not. They I don't know if they had their they moved their room or if they left or whatever. You know, it's funny because I've stayed in that ho- that hotel probably three or four times. Never had that problem. You in the cheap room? Uh, I don't know, Gordon. Uh, usually, we're not in the same tax bracket when it comes to that sort of thing. You stayed in the presidential suite, <laughs> no. Next, next to uh, Larry, Larry Scott. Scott yeah. You and Larry Bear. Yeah, I heard a heli- helicopter landing on the helipad uh, was the only noise I heard. Just kidding. Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. And hey, if uh, you. Uh, Harken back to the old days when you were uh, staying up late in Vegas and uh, raising hell. Maybe you want to turn back the clock a little bit. That's where Andrew comes in. What's going on, that's, Andrew? That's right. Because you're sick of packing pills to go to Vegas. Yeah. See, that's the thing, Andrew. I mean, if you're going to party hardy and you're making a lot of noise, and then afterward, uh, there's, uh, you know, I mean, you, it, 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 you can't really, uh, what's the word, Jake? complete the deal then you know yeah. that's a little unsatisfactory <laughs> we, get, we get what you're saying okay, there, right. yeah i think we pick it up what you're putting down <laughs> let's help the good i'm sorry out. i'm sorry i even started talking can we pretend no, the last we... 15 seconds didn't happen andrew <laughs> you could edit that out later no it, it is true though uh, we hear all the time Hey, uh, I went on vacation and I forgot to pack my pills. The whole vacation was ruined. <laughs> uh, guys are, they, they're kind of, it's like a prison cell. You have to have the pill. If you're struggling with ED, we're talking about here, uh, you've got to time it right. You don't know if it will work, when it will work. And as far as I know, the technology at Wasatch Medical, our wave therapy, is the only thing that restores spontaneity. It bypasses the pill and is clinically proven to improve blood flow. That's what erectile dysfunction is. You probably have damaged blood vessels and restricted blood flow. We correct it, and we do it pretty quickly with just a few uh, sessions over two to three weeks. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. And uh, we talked about this before, but uh, you know whether you just need a little bit of a refresh or you've lost almost all function, this can work, right? 
Yeah, we've seen it all. Um, I talk to guys as they finish the treatments all the time. Some of them are in their 20s and 30s. Some of them are in their 90s in a wheelchair. So uh, we've seen every kind of health condition, and it's working. Guys tell us time and time again, I'm seeing more blood flow. I'm taking less pill than no pill at all and getting back the spontaneity. So, uh, yeah, if you're out there struggling, you're more normal than you think despite age. 801-901-8000. Get on the schedule. Get in, see the doctor, and a lot else for free too, right? Yes. uh, You can simply take the free if you like. We don't mind. Call us now. The assessment exam and blood flow ultrasound That's with our MD is free. And that little gift that produces powerful results in the bedroom, we hear rave reviews about that, by the way. Uh, it's all no charge. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up next, but I know this is a little late. We still need to get a winner. Let's uh, open up those phone lines now for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. 855-340-ZONE. Be caller 12 right now. Correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Announced by DJ and PK this morning at 850, and you'll win a Zone prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game, brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers only here on the Zone Sports Network. 12th caller, 855-340-ZONE. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Let's talk some Utah football. Joining us, Van Fillinger. Obviously a weird year last year. You play five games and you, you participated in all those five games for Utah. For that being your freshman year, you're probably finding out what the real experience of being a college football player yeah. is like this year. Yeah, it was really weird last year, honestly. And the thing is, is like it's not completely back to normal yet. We still wear masks in the facility, so it's definitely better than it was last year. But it was real weird last year. I mean, no fans or anything at the games. And, you know, I'm a big, uh, like, I feed off the energy that the fans bring and stuff. So I'm real excited to get after it this year and have a full stadium. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.